Welcome to the Let's Talk program, listeners. Tyler Friel with you on WISR, 680 AM, 107.5 FM. Let's talk, of course, a half hour where we sit down and chat with local organizations, nonprofits, and other different businesses to see what's going on in the area. And today, our conversation takes us to the Independence Health System. Again, this is the newly formed entity between Butler Health System and Excella Health. Uh, They are now called Independence Health System, but a lot of the same services are still offered, and we're going to be talking about one of those services today as we are joined by Dr. George Davliakis. He is the Director of Cardiothoracic Surgery at uh, Independence Health System. Dr. Davliakis, thanks for taking the time and welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Tyler. It's good to be here. And again, we're here for a full half hour. So if our listeners, if you can't be around for the full 30 minutes of our conversation, don't worry, we have you covered. You can go to WISR680.com. Look under the programs page. You can find Let's Talk and just look for Independence Health System, and you'll be able to find our conversation today with Dr. Davliakis. And we're also available on Spotify now. If you just search WISR and Let's Talk, you'll be able to find today's programs. We're very excited about that. We're also very excited to have Dr. Doc. Uh, Davliakis uh, on the show because we're talking about the Heart Center uh, and uh, you guys are celebrating a, a pretty big milestone. It's been 25 years since the Heart Center opened uh, at Butler Memorial Hospital. It's pretty, impre- uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that time <laughs> has flown and, and so quickly. And heart services were provided at the hospital before that, but uh, the hospital was limited as to what could be done and patients were being sent out of the hospital and some patients weren't even well enough to send out of the hospital. So the care they got was limited, but, but with the the heart center starting up, then we were able to provide more services, better training and uh, and just ramp up from there over the last 25 years. And um, there's just been a good team in place over, over that year. It really, it really has taken a, a team approach. A lot of people have contributed to this. So I, I, want, I want to go back, if you don't mind, to the beginning of this, because what led to the creation of the Heart Center? How did you get involved in this process? Yeah, what what led to it was the realization that in, in the communities, local communities, especially outside of the, the bigger cities, you know, Pittsburgh uh, in this instance, uh, there that the care was limited to some extent, and then patients had to travel a distance, which may be a travel of an hour, hour and a half, that kind of thing. And sometimes that was difficult for people, and then sometimes it actually adversely affected their health. They they couldn't make that that transport, and uh, and, and people did not do well because of that. So the administration at that time realized that. Potentially, this this is a service that could be done in in the Butler area and Butler Memorial Hospital, in uh, in particular, and uh, and the processes from somebody who's already doing it and knows the approach and you know already having good results or or a system in place to do that that we could bring that to the community and and look to develop it replicate it and do what's best in in this community so they kind of foresaw that and there was a planning of a couple of years even before this started 25 years ago and then about a, you know, 6 months to a year of actually training and then then we opened the doors 
So, Dr. Davliakis, what was your background uh, before jumping into this venture with Butler Memorial Hospital? Well, I'm I'm a cardiothoracic surgeon, which means we which we generally do surgical procedures on the heart and the lungs, that type of thing. And we work with other doctors, um, cardiologists in particular, which are the uh, the heart doctors. They they deal with medications for a lot of people, and then they also deal with stents and that type of thing. So we work with them, but in particular, our uh, myself and our group. We focus more on surgery, which is more like the open heart surgery. So my my background um, was was working in Pittsburgh at the at several of the major hospitals in Pittsburgh for about five years or so, and then after that, then um, we saw the opportunity in Butler to provide the care here, and and there was a need, and it it just made sense to to do that, and, and I haven't left ever since. <laughs> I'm always curious when I talk to doctors about how they decided on the line of work. So what led you uh, to get uh, to study the heart and, and choose that to be uh, your calling medically? Yeah, it's um, I it, it just found it really, um, really a, a, a productive thing to do because you can make a big difference. You know, somebody is really suffering to some extent having you know potentially a serious life-threatening issue going on and it's you know it's life-changing for them and a lot of times people don't realize it that that's happening or this is kind of sudden for them and then to be able to do the surgery then you can make a big impact and kind of change that and you know change your trajectory and and get people better in most cases so you can make a a big impact and reverse some of that uh you know some some of that disease so that's that's really what i focused on just you know the ability to um to make an impact and do it um you know a pretty immediate fashion so that that's what kind of led me to it and then it's just it's just Dealing with um, there, there's just so many facets of it. Is uh, dealing with the medication, dealing with the, the surgical end of it, all the uh, anatomy and physiology and the function of the heart and and all that is just fine fascinating. You mentioned uh, uh, briefly uh, the, the idea of bringing the care local. Uh, while there may not be any hard numbers that you know people can identify, but what have you found? What has your team found? What has the hospital found that by being able to provide something like the Heart Center and uh, better heart care locally, how has that helped patients? How has that helped residents in the area? Well, in the in the early phases of of starting this, there were community health assessments by the the health system in the hospital. Uh, that looking at what diseases that needed to be taken care of or or care improved in the area, and heart disease just stood out as as the most pressing need, and we saw higher rates, higher incidence of heart disease, and people not doing well or recovering when they did have, say, a heart attack or a major problem. And that was the impetus for, for doing this, is the, the community health assessments and realizing that that was, that was a need in, in the Butler area. And, uh, and then from there, then um, just ongoing assessments and looking at that. And then the, the, the outcomes have improved. People are doing better because of the care they receive, the more timely care they receive, 
they, the outcomes have improved. So now we're, we're at or better than statewide levels for recovery from these types of things. And, uh, and a lot of it ha- is, is education, medical treatment, just everything has improved, you know, not just the fact we're doing surgery on people. Just everything has improved over the last 25 years because the, um, the cardiologists and the primary care providers are, are really doing better with medications, um, just preventative medicine, reducing risk factors. So all of that has gotten better and identifying people that are at risk at the early stages, you know, instead of waiting till somebody has a heart attack. So those things have all gotten better. So we are seeing the, the outcomes improve over these 25 years. Again, our guest is Dr. George Dovliakis. He's the director of cardiothoracic surgery, Butler Memorial and Clarion hospitals. And you, you touched upon it there. Um, just about how much things have changed over the last 25 years. And when I talk to doctors, you know, I'm always amazed to hear their stories about what things were like 25 years ago to where they are today. You know, technology-wise, what have you seen that has made your job easier and has made life better on your patients? Oh, my goodness, it's really just changed dramatically. I mean, before the Heart Center was in place, there were, uh, I hear stories from some of the original cardiologists that were here, and um, there, there's one doctor, Dr. Sethi in particular, and he would tell us the whole cardiology department was one EKG machine. <laughs> and, you know, everybody kind of knows what that, when you put the stickers on your heart and do an EKG, that was it. And then that was, you know, obviously several decades ago. But, but since then, now that the technology has improved so much, there's so much more we're able to do. And just... Now, just um, the lack of surprises. I mean, we have such good imaging with x-rays, echoes, MRIs now, CAT scans, that we know so much better about what's going on with a person, and that that helps us to to treat them. And then to treat them, we have such better ways to do it over the last 25 years. To avoid surgery, the medicines have gotten better, the the stents and the procedures to, to fix the heart have gotten better before you even need surgery. And then the surgery's gotten better too. The surgery's gotten safer and people do well and recover better, quicker, and, um, you know, have less risks with surgery. So er- everything has just improved dramatically since that time. Again, our guest, Dr. George Dovliakis, he is a uh, cardiothoracic uh, surgeon with Butler uh, and Clarion Hospitals. Uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, as you said, heart health, it still seems like that is still one of the number one, and you, you probably know the numbers better than I do, uh, is still a, a very large health issue, not only in our area, but all across the country. What do we know about heart disease and its impact on, on the population? Yeah, it's it's just kind of the rough numbers, like one in 20 people will have a heart attack. So, you know, it's when you think about it, it's it's not uncommon. And in terms of the reasons you come in a hospital, heart disease is right up there is usually the number one reason why people need to come into a hospital. And so it, it's it's definitely the high incidence and, you know, even all the measures that we've done to prevent it, it's it doesn't go away because there's things you, you can't do to prevent, you know, things like genetics, that kind of thing. So, and people still have risk factors and 
So you never know exactly what causes it in a particular person, but it's there. A lot of people, unfortunately, suffer from heart disease, and we just try to modify these, these risk factors as much as possible to prevent it. But it's good to know if it happens that, you know, the services are in place to take care of it. So as you talk to patients, as you talk to people, what tips are you offering them that they can do that are in their control to maintain good heart health? Yeah, uh, one thing is um, the the basic things, and, and these are kind of common sense. I mean, uh, everybody kind of knows this, but it's good to hear it again to, to be reminded <laughs> of this. Um, <laughs> staying active, you know, exercising if you can, staying active, that's a big thing. Walking or even higher level exercise if you can. I mean, those are just, those are important things. Not smoking, that helps. Controlling your the cholesterol, and there's good and bad cholesterol, and there's different types of lipids, which are, you know, forms of, of fat in the blood, to modify that. And that sometimes is done with diet, but usually with medication. If it's difficult to do with diet, it can be done. But, um, and then weight, preventing over, being overweight, um, diabetes, keeping that under control. And uh, these are things that, that a lot of people, um, blood pressure is a big one. I'm sorry, blood pressure is, is really an, an important factor. So these are, these are things that, that, that everybody kind of has an idea, but it's important to know that. And I think the best way to do that is to just keep close contact with your your primary care provider or cardiologist, if you're seeing a cardiologist, is um, just looking at these risk factors, and then they'll be able to tell you what can be changed, what can't be changed, and how to do it. And I think just close contact, regular checkups, that's, that's the best way to prevent it. You talked about some of the factors that are in our control. Some of the things that are out of our control are things like genetics. Right. How much does that play a role whenever it comes to heart health? Um, it, it does play a role. It's, it's definitely not the only role, but you know, sometimes we hear somebody's, somebody's father or parent had a heart attack at a certain age, and then they're getting close to that age and starting to get symptoms, so they're worried about it, and they get checked. And, you know, fortunately, with the innovations and things we find, it usually can be taken care of before it gets, you know, to the more serious stages. But genetics does play a role, and uh, and that's something that's more difficult to modify, obviously, but other things can be modified and that's what we look for, you know, things that, that can be improved upon. So it seems like one of the things, at least that I'm taking away so far from our conversation is just to continually stay up on where you are, to have a baseline of, right. of health and to continue to get updates on it. That, that's true. I mean, if it runs in your family, obviously it's, it's something you want to do earlier in life. And then, the average kind of age where this starts to affect people is men are younger than women. And uh, men generally in their 60s to 70s, uh, women usually 70s or a little older. Um, but that's kind of the age where it really starts to affect people. But if you want to make an impact and prevent it, you start, you know, <laughs> 10 years, 20 years earlier and, you know, look for things, you know, wait until you get it and then, you know, worry about it. So you really try to make an impact earlier, but generally, you know, that's, those are the people that we see with this 
um, in that in that age group, and usually men a little younger than women. You mentioned, again, our guest, Dr. George Davliakis with uh, Independence Health System. You mentioned blood pressure, and again, things that I think we may have heard, but this is one of the things that we can check on our own. So what are some of the numbers that we should know whenever it comes to blood pressure? Oh, blood pressure, normal blood pressures are up to the top number, the high number, 140 or less. But generally, the lower, the better, because it just puts less strain on your system, your cardiovascular system. The lower the blood pressure causes less damage. So that's an important factor. So numbers like 100 to 120, the top number, and uh, 80 or less on the, the, the bottom number, those are the numbers you look for. Um, and, and it varies. It fluctuates throughout the day. So you can't just check it once. You kind of have to look for trends, and that's why it's important to follow up regularly with your doctors. And you, um, but that, that makes a difference. You talk about, too, uh, some of the advances in medicine. Uh, you know, maybe if you want to elaborate on that a little bit more, what have you seen just in terms of what you know, people can do from a medicinal side to help curb some of their uh, heart symptoms? Yeah, the, the biggest impact we're seeing is things like um, the, the cholesterol medicines, the statins, and some people don't like them. Some people say they have side effects from them, but generally the doctors work with people because they do have an impact and they do help. And they cut down on inflammation. They, they improve the lipid profile, the, the cholesterol in your blood. So generally working with a doctor will find something that works for you because sometimes it's individualized so that's that's made an impact taking aspirin a baby aspirin or low dose aspirin a lot of people if you have risk factors and that is something to talk over with a doctor because uh we used to tell we we didn't we didn't have a lot of people on aspirin then we told everybody to take aspirin and now we're kind of modifying that that well if you have risk you you have to weigh it because it's a it's a blood thinner and it could it can cause bleeding and some people bruising that kind of thing so you have to kind of weigh it and and see what your risk factors are and decide if that's appropriate uh so these are the kind of things that um that the primary care doctors look at and and um you know by the time we in particular see the patients usually it's to the point they need something done so so it's um (laughs) You know, it's in the it's in the later stages, but then it still can be treated. You know, fortunately, there's still things that can be done at that stage too. Once the the damage is already done, and you know, we're looking to fix it, so then fortunately, things still can be done at that point. All right, this one may be a little bit of a bizarre question, but I've always been curious. Um, you know, when you have your first open heart surgery, the first time as a surgeon you're in there, what are you feeling <laughs> as a doctor? Because right, that's something that I can't even begin to fathom. Well, I'll tell you, it's, you know that the training—that's <laughs> a good question—but the, the training process is just so—it's long. It's over many years, so you just you kind of gradually ease into it, and you just do a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, over many years. And so, by the time you're actually doing it, you really have a lot of experience, and that's that's just the way the the training process is set up. You know, it's not necessarily like on the job training. You just kind of <laughs> gradually, you know, ease into it over, over many years. It could be five, eight years, that kind of thing. So uh, the training, so that, that helps a lot, but you still, you know, you can't be complacent because everybody's different and you have to look for, and you realize everybody going through it, it's their, 
you know, first and only time, hopefully they ever have to go through that. So, so you have to be cognizant of that too. And, you know, kind of never let your guard down. And then I think what helps a lot is knowing that you have a, a good team behind you because we have, um, we have physician assistants that, that actually work with us in the operating room and they provide a good part of the care. And that's very important. Um, to getting the good outcomes and having experienced people, you know, there by your side. And we have experienced nurses and technicians in the operating room. So you just have a better comfort level. And then there's perfusionists, which actually run a, a heart lung machine, a heart bypass machine that takes over for the heart while we're working on the heart. So, you know, their level of experience is high and you're very comfortable with what what they what they're doing and they're watching so they can they can take care of what what they're doing and then that allows you to focus on what you're doing and you know not be distracted so that all of these things and then the anesthesia too is very important you know how the anesthesiologist and then just everything plays into it and so that that helps you with a comfort level that um that you know that you have a team helping you that that's behind you and that 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 does allow you to just kind of focus on what you're doing it does seem like that is uh, when you talk about the evolution over the last 25 years, uh, at least in our conversation here so far, it seems like you're really confident uh, and really believe in the team that is at the heart center uh, it, through the oh. independence health system. Oh, absolutely. And that, that makes a big difference because even before the surgery, you know, working with the cardiologist, the medical doctors, the primary care provider to just lower the risk going into it, that, that makes a big difference. And then the surgery itself, like we talked about, and then after the surgery, the care afterwards is important because once you get through surgery, things can still come up and you can still run into some problems. So having a good experienced intensive care staff and doctors we have other doctors that, that help us and assist us with certain um, special issues that come up and, and uh, specialists for certain parts of the body, kidneys, lungs, uh, that kind of thing, sometimes neurologists, that they all contribute to to the outcomes and making sure the outcomes are, are good. Again, our guest is Dr. George Davliakis with Independence Health System. We're talking about 25 years of the Heart Center in Butler. Uh, when you mentioned, in, you know, talking about surgery for patients, and if it does get to that point, how does that process look for a patient? Essentially, what happens that it gets to the point of surgery, and then what happens afterwards in something, let's just say, like open heart surgery? What does that process look like? Yeah, that's... That's interesting because a lot of people, you know, they don't expect it. Obviously, nobody expects they're going to do that, you know, unless say it runs a lot in their family and they kind of think, well, you know, it might happen to me someday. But generally, people are not expecting it, so it's usually a big surprise. And we do try to educate people on what to expect, and that makes that makes a big difference, I think, just so everybody knows what the next step's going to be you know, how things are going to look in the next day, in the next week, you know, in the next couple of months. And having that expectation, this really helps people so they don't have a lot of surprises. But what happens is it's two ways. Either people come in the hospital with, say, a heart attack or close to having a heart attack, and then they get evaluated and we realize, oh, uh oh, you, you can't go home with this. You know, it's just not safe. And so you stay in the hospital and you may have surgery then. And then we do the, the education process and the evaluation and getting people ready and and um, just in the best shape possible to go into surgery over a few days to, 
to get them ready and then do the surgery. And other times it's more of um, it's more of a stable situation, so that um, it's something that can't wait too long. But people can be home; they can come in a little more electively for the surgery. You know, kind of if they have a process going on more slowly over, say, a few months or years, that that um, they they can plan it a little bit better, and we do have a little bit of flexibility. So we have an education process with our nurses. They go through. Uh, we give people some additional printed material, what to expect, try to explain everything as, as well as we can, and then they meet with some of their other doctors, just optimize some of their uh, the medical conditions, things like diabetes, lungs, that kind of thing. Uh, if people say smoke, they try to quit smoking, so sometimes we have the time to do that. And, uh, and, and then we get things ready. It does involve some pre-testing, blood work, um, x-rays, and just making sure everything's in place to, to go into the surgery as safe as possible. And, uh, and then, then people are asleep the whole day of the surgery. They usually don't remember anything mm. of that process because of the anesthetic. So when they have surgery, they just, uh, they're completely asleep and, and go through it and generally very comfortable. And then they go to intensive care and usually stay in intensive care a day or two after the surgery. So they could be monitored a little more closely. And then after that, then we start the, the rehab process and the, the monitoring to make sure there's no problems or things that might come up. So over the next several days, the, the cardiac rehab people start working with, with um, the patients and then start to get them up, move around, give them some instructions, um, how much they can do, how much they can't do. So then that process starts. And then, and then at that point, usually people are in good enough shape to go home. But some people can't go directly home. They need a little more therapy, that kind of thing. Again, our guest is Dr. George Davliakis. He is the director of cardiothoracic surgery at Butler Memorial Hospital. Obviously, we've seen a lot of things change over the last 25 years. Is there anything on the horizon that you're really excited about when it comes to heart care? Uh, or where do you just generally see the future of heart care going? Uh, well, the things that, that have changed a lot over the last few years, and definitely from when I started 25 years ago, is a shift towards less invasive types of surgery. So even though it still is surgery, it's it's less invasive and people bounce back, recover a lot quicker. And that the biggest impact has been with the heart valves. We, there's a, a procedure that we've done in the last you know, five, six years. It's called a TAVR procedure, T-A-V-R, which is replacing one of the heart valves without going through surgery. And that's that's something that was just in its infancy when I started here and, and not even FDA approved. And now it's a, actually we're, we're doing more people that way than regular surgery. Mm. So it's, it's just really evolved. And, and whereas we, we would do an open heart and we still do it and there's still reasons to do it, but we would do an open heart surgery and, and replace a bad heart valve. And these valves degenerate, they become narrowed, they become leaky. You know, there's different reasons why people have to have heart valves replaced. And we replace a heart valve with open heart surgery, and then that's a stay in the hospital and recovery afterwards. But more than half the people now were able to fix it with a catheter. So they have a, a much smaller procedure. A lot of people go home in a day or so, and they recover and start feeling better pretty quickly within a few days 
for most people. So that's been a dramatic improvement over the last several years. Wow, that's that's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just it's amazing how 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 far that's developed. Dr. George Davliakis, our guest, uh, our time is is winding down. Uh, so, if, if people are interested in learning more uh, about the Heart Center, uh, what is the best way to reach out? Well, I I think um, I, there's a number. There's a phone number for the Heart Center, but just in general. Um, the, the doctors in the area are, are aware of the heart center and, uh, you know, they can refer you when appropriate and, and talk to you about it, uh, the primary care providers. But uh, I'll give you the number of the heart center for more information. It, it is uh, 844-282-4370. Again, that number was 844-282-4370. You also have a chance to learn out, uh, learn more uh, about the Heart Center through the Independence Health website, which is pretty simple. It's independence.health. Dr. George Davliakis, again, Director of Cardiothoracic Surgery at Butler Memorial and Clarion Hospitals. Dr. Davliakis, congratulations on the last 25 years, and we appreciate you making the time today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Tyler. Again, if you missed any of our program, you can check it out online. WISR680.com is the place to check that out. Again, we're also on Spotify now. Just search for WISR and Let's Talk. I'm Tyler Frill saying so long for now as you have been listening to Let's Talk.